Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. It's Wednesday, August 3rd. This is your host, Eric Steven, and uh, the trade deadline has come and gone. Uh, it's a long day living in Reseda, for one thing, but also uh, with the trade deadline at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, rather than in the middle of the day, like it used to, usually used to be at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific or 4 Eastern. Um, but uh, despite the long day, the Dodgers didn't do like a whole lot uh, in it's you know it was kind of underwhelming in a way but we'll, we'll get to the details and stuff but um yeah it was a lot of like anticipation um and and really it was more like maneuvering than anything um but yeah let, let's just get into it so we talked earlier in the week about uh chris martin who they traded um <clears throat> they traded for from the cubs on saturday he's the reliever um they required and ended up being the only pitcher the Dodgers acquired at the trade deadline. Um, he made his debut on uh, Monday in San Francisco and kind of had uh, an outing that typified his season. So he got two ground balls uh, and he he has like an over 50% ground ball rate. He also has an over 30% strike rate. He didn't strike anyone out, but he, he gave up two fly balls. One of them was a home run. <laughs> he has an insanely high... Um, uh, homer to fly ball rate. I think he's given up six in like 32 innings or something. And, uh, of course that went out. So like that's sort of been his season. Like his ERA is in the fours. His peripherals are in like the, the low threes and twos, uh, depending on w- which, uh, method you use. So 
he's probably still going to be uh, useful down the stretch, but it was just kind of a, a funny, like, typical sort of uh, outing for him in a way. Um, but the hitter they acquired on Saturday was Joey Gallo, which on one level you're like, they're, we've talked about all year about how the Dodgers have been extremely patient <clears throat> like they were last year with Cody Bellinger and this year with Cody Bellinger, but also Max Muncy, um, who's coming off an elbow injury, uh, but then also just has just struggled mightily. Like I've been worried about like Muncy's power, right? His power is still not nowhere close to like his, his normal years, even like his slumping 2020, um, his ISO was like 192, I believe that year. Every other year, it's well over 200. It's ISO's uh, slug, isolated power, slugging minus batting average, just sort of a, uh, a quick way to view someone's uh, actual power, like so it's independent of uh, batting average in a way. Um, so this year, it's uh, around 150, I think, and uh, or maybe a little lower than that, but it's been like slowly, gradually rising, but still not to the level we're used to. The problem with him is he's been... Um, not hitting pitches in the zone and also chasing more out of the zone. He's he's usually great with the strike zone. He's still like he has like 60 walks. I think he's second in walks to Juan Soto who has like over 90, which is insane. Um but um so he's still doing that, but he's just not he's just not hitting well. And we've seen like Muncy's numbers are really bad, but then if you look at Gallo Gallo's hitting 159, 282, 339. It's always tough. So um, I think it was what, 227 players uh, coming into Tuesday had um, at least 250 plate appearances this year. Uh, number 227 in batting average was Joey Gallo at 159. Number 226 was Max Muncy at 162. Uh, but obviously there's more to, more than uh, offense to batting average. So if you factor everything in, Gallo is still a well below average 82 WRC plus on the year and a uh, MLB worst 39% strikeout rate. So... Uh, Muncy's at 86 uh, WRC plus if you were wondering um, but the thing with Gallo like he always strikes out even when he was uh, good and he's usually been productive over his career it, it's kind of hard to see um, in a way because if you look like his, the last time he had a batting average that started with a two was 2019 now obviously 2020 was a shortened year um and he was not good in 2020. He had a bad year. Again, short year, 87 WRC+. plus. But he's been above average every year outside of that in the last five. Um, you know, over over 100 WRC+, plus. he had 144 mixed in there. In his three full seasons of that uh, group, he averaged 40 home runs. And then in 2019, he only played 70 games, but he hit 22 home runs. So the, the guy has 80 power, right? It's just a matter of... Is he going to make contact? <laughs> so it, it's kind of the same with Muncy. Muncy doesn't have 80 power, but um, still very good. So they're they're really um, sort of playing for like a trying to tap into that power. Essentially, this is what uh, Andrew Friedman had to say in a conference call earlier on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, a year ago, um, you know, he was worth a lot in the industry. Got traded for a lot and the true talent level, um, you know, remains. We feel like getting him here, getting him with our guys, that there's a real compelling upside story. And so, you know, for us, it was uh, lengthening our position player base um, to cover for 
unforeseen things that could pop up in August, September, October. Um, you know, we saw it last year when months went down the last game of the year. Um, you know, just things can happen. And adding a talented player that we feel like there's some real potential upside with uh, was something that was compelling for us. We talked a lot about that uh, recently, that the Dodgers needed to shore up the depth. Uh, giving them another option come playoff time, uh, you know, when it comes to just having another hitter ready. Like, they um, – we talked about, like, how they're – they needed, like, a usable bench. Like, they they had Zach McKinstry active for uh, the better part of uh, three to four weeks, and they only played him, like, three times uh, recently. He, he uh, only played in ten games of the 39 he was active. So, he was just not someone they were using. And I so I think getting Gallo is someone they're probably more willing to use now. You could argue, like, maybe that's a bad thing, given how his performance has been. But, they're, again, trying to tap into the upside. Um, what you were uh, – the, the Dodgers are betting on the power. They're also uh, – they, they, they're betting on him over Jake Lamb. The Dodgers traded Jake Lamb uh, to uh, Seattle, where he was born, where he grew up. He went to high school there. Uh, he played college at, at UW in, in Seattle. And um, – it was for a player to be named later for or cash. Uh, Lamb was fine. Like he, he did well for uh, being where the Dodgers were at. Like they were desperate to find outfield help and just overall hitting help when, when like Taylor uh, went down and Rios went down and uh, they called up Trace Thompson first and they called up Jake Lamb. Jake Lamb's not really an outfielder. He's a third baseman by trade, but he's, he sort of made it back this year. Like he, he's been bad and, and hurt in the majors the last like four years or so. Uh, this year he was productive, but like again, not really an outfielder. He played DH twelve of his seventeen starts. Um, so I think Gallo is actually a better outfielder. He, he's been a productive outfielder at least in the corners. So like it gives them someone the Dodgers can play in the outfield and, and still be pretty good. Um, how often Gallo hits? Like I don't know. Like I, I'm sure they'll give him give him a, run, a, a runway, as Dave Roberts likes to say. But in the next two weeks, the Dodgers should be getting back Chris Taylor uh, from a broken foot. Edwin Rios, uh, severe hamstring strain. Both of those should be back uh, within about two weeks. Both are uh, on a rehab assignment in AAA right now. Uh, they uh, Chris Taylor started his on Tuesday night. Edwin Rios has been there for a few days. So uh, Rios is probably going to be a couple weeks there. Taylor's going to be at least a week. So again, within the next two weeks, you could see those back. And then you, you it starts to take a little bit of shape. But uh, with Martin and Gallo, those were the only two additions the Dodgers made. Um, they added about $4.5 in salary the rest of the way. So the other moves, um, the last, um, I guess, three days or two days to uh, involved uh, clearing 40-man space more than anything. So Jake Lamb went to Seattle. Uh, and then on Monday, they traded Garrett Clevenger to the Rays. What a whirlwind week for him. We talked about him last week about how the Dodgers probably needed to call someone up to replace Reyes Maranta, which they did with Clevenger. He was pitching well in AAA. He gets into one game uh, on the night where the Dodgers have half of their eight-man bullpen unavailable. So he's thrust into a high-leverage performance uh, and then uh, gets an error to start the inning. And instead of there being three outs and him out of the inning, he's facing a guy with two outs and a runner on, hangs a slider, turns the game around, and then he gets... Uh, sort of left in to dry, uh, hung out to dry, giving up four more runs in the ninth and then sent down the next day. And then next thing you know, he's traded a week later. So rough uh, patch for Clevenger, but also, you know, 
I think his spot was on the 40 man was tenuous for a while. Like he, he always seemed to be um, someone the Dodgers went to as a last resort, just given how they used him. Like last year when the offense struggled so mightily with in extra inning games and to the point where they just couldn't score. And then like, so you'd get any sort of um, any kind of uh, offense from the, the other team. Like that would mean a loss in extra innings for the Dodgers because they couldn't score one run, and all it took was to score a man from second base to win. But, like, so the offense wasn't doing well, but then also they got to a point where um, they'd, you know, be later in a game, and then Garrett Clevenger's, like, the last reliever available. He lost three extra inning games last year. Just, it was brutal. But he goes to the Rays. Um, he Maybe they'll be able to use him a little bit, but that's that's what that is. And then the other one, which is a little was a little surprising, was Mitch White to Toronto. Um Last week, uh, I compared White. Uh, so he he was another unfortunate um, victim of the, the Dodgers' sort of um, tiring bullpen. So the day after, they they used uh, Clevenger um, and had to call up uh, Andrew Heaney. Needing like a full bullpen, the Dodgers called up Jake Reed, and they optioned Mitch White after he pitched six scoreless innings in what was his last start in the rotation. So I figured he might just get bumped to the bullpen, but they needed an arm in the bullpen, so White went down. And then turns out he's the odd man out on the roster as well. Um, but I compared him to Ross Stripling a couple, uh, last week because he's been pretty much above average the, uh, overall in the majors in like a variety of roles, mostly swingman and occasional starter, kind of do does whatever the Dodgers ask. And uh, it seemed a lot like Ross Stripling, who did the same for his first four years uh, in Los Angeles. And then, uh, sure enough, they traded him to the Blue Jays just like they did with Ross Stripling in 2020. Um, in that deal, the Dodgers got two minor leaguers. Uh, Nick Frasso, uh, who's a 23-year-old in high A with like a ridiculous strikeout rate. It's in the 40s. Um, and then Moises Brito, he's 20-year-old in the Dominican Summer League. They just signed him in June. I believe his strikeout to walk ratio through Tuesday or through Monday was 30 to 1, uh, which was really good. Again, these are, you know, in a sense, lottery tickets. The Dodgers got a minor leaguer um, uh, in the Garrett Clevenger deal as well. Lamb was for player to be named later or cash. Also in the Mitch White deal, the Dodgers sent Alex DeJesus, uh, a 20-year-old infielder who was with uh, Great Lakes. He went in the deal. Now, DeJesus um, would have been uh, needed to have been needed to be added to the 40-man roster in November or be exposed to the Rule 5 draft. Now, he wasn't like a slam dunk or anything to be added. They have a bunch of guys they have to add. And then um, I just think they have a general roster crunch, both with um, minor leaguers in the offseason that they're going to need to add and um, pitchers coming off uh, like the 60-day injured list in the second half. So, DeJesus didn't affect the pitchers coming off the IL, but in terms of, you know, if you're not going to maybe add a guy, rather than lose him for just cash in the Rule 5 draft, uh, why not try to get something for him now? So I think that was part of him being included in that trade. Who knows, but this is what uh, Andrew Friedman had to say about um, the 40-man roster crunch and losing Mitch White. Um, you know, I think for Mitch, it's a great opportunity for him. He is a pro, uh, love everything about him. Really good major league pitcher, you know, for us with the guys that we have in double A AA and triple A, the guys that we have coming back, 
um, you know, he deserves an opportunity. And so for us, we were able to acquire uh, a few really talented arms um, that we have a little bit more runway with and time with uh, that kind of smooths out that timing a little bit. We have a lot of pitchers kind of pushing uh, to potentially come up at some point this year or next year and just felt like, you know, with the, with the potential 40-man crunch the rest of this season with all of those, most of those talented pitchers I named coming off the 60-day where they don't, where they aren't on the roster right now, but some combination will be. Uh, we were trying to be mindful of that as well. So in addition to Rios, the other pitchers on the 60-day injured list uh, that could be back at some point this year um, are Blake Trinan, uh, who said his shoulder was healthy the other day and that um, now it's just a matter of him building back up. Like he's not ready to pitch every other day basically now, so he, he was going to be able to need to pitch back-to-back at some point. His return is still kind of nebulous, but you you figure – it could be like late August, maybe at the earliest, but uh, we'll see. He's at least sort of progressing. He faced hitters. He's going to face hitters again this week and then sort of progress from there, probably go on a rehab assignment at some point. But he's at least more tangible in terms of returning. The others that are like maybes on the 60-day are Danny Duffy, who <laughs> the Dodgers traded for last year. They re-signed him in the offseason. He still hasn't pitched for them. He might never pitch for them, but uh, he might, and we'll see. He's apparently in Arizona um, – Still working out. Uh, Victor Gonzalez coming back from surgery. Um, and then um, possibly Tommy Canely as well. He's sort of a 50-50 play. But, like, the point is at least some of those uh, could return uh, to, from the 60-day. And then that requires a 40-man move. That sort of informed some of the des- decisions they made. Plus, you also have um, Dustin May and potentially in September Walker Bueller on the 60-day coming off. So, uh, I think that's part of why, um, you know, the Dodgers didn't do much. They're sort of counting on those uh, people to come back, or at least some portion of them. I would have liked to see them get at least another pitcher, maybe even if it was just another reliever. Um, but, yeah, that, that's sort of where they're at. Uh, we They did make a couple of other non-trade roster moves on Tuesday, which we're going to talk about after the break, along with uh, some of the competition from the uh, league, especially down south in San Diego. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh boy. Uh, first, uh, the big move of the trade deadline was obviously Juan Soto. The Dodgers were uh, definitely interested in him. They didn't get him. Uh, the Padres did. Uh, if you remember back to last year, 
the Padres were heavily rumored uh, to get Max Scherzer uh, from the Nationals. And then at the last second, the Dodgers swooped in and got both Scherzer and Trey Turner. Um, this year, the Dodgers were among the group uh, trying to get Juan Soto. The Padres actually pulled it off, but it, it sort of had this funny twist to it in that so the, the, the deal was six players to Washington for Soto and Josh Bell. Um, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams were sort of the, the minor league headliners. They've appeared in the majors this year, you know, not, not essentially minor leaguers, but like the young guys get coming in the trade. Um, plus three other minor leaguers, Robert Hassel was one of them. They're pretty highly regarded. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not here to judge whether that was a proper return for Soto, but it did seem less than the lead up to what, like, oh, you're going to have to give up your firstborn and like 73 uh, prospects or whatever. I, I'm exaggerating for effect, but yeah. And then also um, Eric Hosmer was in the deal. And then now he has three years left on his contract, uh, $39 million after this year. It was a front-loaded deal, so it's not that onerous, but he hasn't been very good. He's been slightly above average at the hitter, but he's a ground ball guy. Doesn't have a lot of power anymore. Um, he also had a no-trade clause. Uh, excuse me, a no-trade clause. And he exercised it. But So there was this brief period of, well, well, if Hosmer kills the deal, like it would have been objectively hilarious had like the Dodgers swooped in and, and got the deal done because of that obviously that didn't happen um but i think part of the reason for hosmer too like um after this season he would have been with the padres five years so he, he had a partial no trade clause before but like he would have had 10 and 5 rights uh, this winter had the padres tried to trade him again so like um they worked out an, another deal first to get the soto deal done they added luke voigt to the deal sort of their their other first baseman dh more dh than first base but um, he was sent to Washington. So that was the deal. And then Eric Hosmer, they ended up trading to Boston. Um, so yeah, it was a busy day for the Padres. They also got Brandon Drury from the Reds. Um, and on Monday they traded for Josh Hader, which was a very surprising move, not just for the Padres getting him, but for the Brewers who were in first place in the National League Central trading their closer, like very odd, very odd move. But like, it seemed like it was a four-for-one deal, I believe. Denelson Lamette was among the group, and then also Taylor Rogers, the Padres' closer, went in that deal. So, very interesting move. It was a – you don't see many moves like that with two teams in contention trading such, like, relatively high-profile players. Not not that, like, Denelson Lamette is a high-profile player, but – um, you know, closer for closer plus other stuff. But I think I think the for the Brewers, the return for Hader was just too big for them to sort of ignore, even as sort of onerous as it might look. They also have Devin Williams. They also made some other trades uh, to sort of shore up the pen besides that. So at the very least, so the Padres, uh, as always, seem to be very exciting, uh, and they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to collapse like they did last year. Um, they extended Joe Musgrove, like, you know, this is one of those things, right? If any time a team complains about being in a small market, look at what the Padres are doing. They're spending. They want to win. And, like, uh, it, you know, it, it just sort of shines a light on other teams uh, and, and franchises that don't want to compete. The Padres are doing it. They're, they're, they're pretty, they look pretty good. Um, they're not going to catch the Dodgers in the division, but they're going to be like a, a hard out in October, uh, to get there. So, yeah, uh, they're exciting. Uh, that's that's a it's going to be a stack lineup. If when Fernando Tatis comes back, you got Tatis, Soto, Machado, um, 
in some order there. <laughs> That's ridiculous. They have Josh Bell, who's had a really good year too. It was a pretty wild day overall, uh, but also for some of the players who were not dealt, like the Cubs kept William Contreras, uh, for instance, and Ian Half. The Red Sox kept J.D. Martinez. Uh, the Marlins kept pitcher Pablo Lopez, who were, or the Dodgers were interested in. Um, that the Dodgers didn't get another starter and that they traded White was a pretty big bet on Dustin May, who, again, is going to return soon. He only needs about two more rehab starts in AAA before returning. Walker Bueller's expected back at some point in September, but there's some uncertainty there. The rotation at the moment is doing fine. However, you got Tony Gonsolin nearing a professional innings high, which he set in uh, 2018. Uh, Andrew Heaney is on a pitch limit for now after losing three months to his shoulder injury this year. Two injured list stints for him. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw has his injury history. I would say it's also a vote of confidence in Ryan Pepio, should the Dodgers need like a fill-in down the stretch. Uh, now, the other aspect of the moves, the, the non-trade roster moves that the Dodgers did on um, Tuesday were um, once the 40-man situation was cleared up a bit, uh, they, you know, after the trade deadline deals, they called up Miguel Vargas for the first time. He showed up uh, in the game at Tuesday, uh, on Tuesday in San Francisco, a little bit after game time. They showed him in the dugout. Uh, they also put Justin Turner on the injured list with an abdominal strain. It seemed like that was they were playing the waiting game on that. He missed ten of the last eleven games, and they were kind of waiting. You know, Dave Roberts was saying like, um, it was like a no loss sort of waiting game because they would have had to call up someone on the forty man and. Before the, the trades in the last few days, they didn't have the, the room just yet. So Turner to the IL makes room for Joey Gallo. you got to figure Vargas will play a little bit, it, along with James Outman, who had the great debut. Occasionally, those two will play, plus getting some run until, like, Taylor and Rios return. So just to sum up, uh, the Dodgers at the trade deadline um, acted like a team very comfortable with, with its standings, with its standing, which makes some sense given the double-digit lead. And a cakewalk to a buy in the national in, a, in the NLDS. Um, they bet big on a group of players returning from the injured list. They didn't give up any big prospects. That's the the I guess the upside of not making big deals. So they still have a number number of players who are both potential call up options and potential for offseason trades if they so choose to do so. Now Andrew Friedman in his press conference uh, or conference call on Tuesday, you know he called the trade deadline the most expensive uh, time of the year to acquire players. Um, and it seemed like just the, given the prices of some of the deals, the Dodgers didn't simply didn't find some, anything to their liking. Like they put themselves in a position to where they're not necessarily desperate to make a move. So they don't have to overpay. So like they just make the moves they kind of want to make at their price for the most part. Now, sometimes you, you still have to pay. Um, so, I think if you have a, as good a record as they have and a pretty good farm system, they put themselves in a position to be choosy. And so that's sort of where they're at. We'll see if it pays off, but that was the Dodgers trade deadline. This is leading off uh, with true blue LA and I will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>